Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone. Hey, guys. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Glad you guys could come this week and hang out with us. Hi there. Uh, Today, our topic is uh, tips for navigating Hollywood and how to avoid some common pitfalls that come up. Uh, But before our topic, we're going to talk about our weeks or what, what you like to call adventures in screenwriting. Um, I can hear my son. He might walk in here any minute. So this is live uh, from home, from home uh, podcasting here. Um, Lorraine, how was your week? Uh, my week was really good. Uh, I mentioned last week that I am working on uh, polishing a screenplay I have and that it was 120 pages and I wanted to get it way down. And so, um, of course, I freaked out for a minute when I had to do it because it's a huge daunting task to sort of step into it. And what if I ruin it? And uh, so I called you, Meg, and I said, what if I take out the one thing that people are responding to when they read this screenplay? And I think you said something like, if there's only one thing people are responding to, you're in trouble. And so that helped me. What's that? Yeah, that's basically what I said. But it it helped me put it into perspective that it is the, the thing as a whole and that it's that 30,000 feet view that I had to take that I couldn't be precious with the scene or this line of dialogue I had. So uh, the first thing I did was I took out all the voiceover to see if I needed it. And I realized that the whole thing crumbled because that was actually my spine and my framework for it and that I did need it and it was necessary. It wasn't just a device to cheat. And then I printed the whole thing out and I went through scene by scene to make sure that um, every scene, the character was, you know, had agency and there was an emotional turn. And I worked on this for three days straight. And I got to this point yesterday where, you know, I have this Apple watch that um, beeps at me every hour that I need to stand up. And the last three hours, I felt like I just, I just stood up. Like this can't be right because I was so in this zone with it it felt like like that's the magic writing space where like Mm. everything else gets shut out and I'm just fully in this and it was so delicious and today I am absolutely exhausted because I did that for three days straight and um and I got through it all and I'm really excited and then so I got it down to 108 pages and Meg you also gave me some really good advice which is as you cut things cut it out and put it in another open document so you're not just deleting it. And psychologically, I think that really helped me. Like, oh, I'm just going to put it over here because sometimes I take it out and then put it back in and then take right. it out and then move it around and then put it back in. And um, so I cut out 17 pages worth of stuff and my script is now 108 pages because, you know, I had to add connective tissue. My plan today is to print it all out and read it and make sure it's still emotionally and structurally intact because I got really aggressive with what I was cutting. I That's got good. really excited about, I can cut this and I can cut that and I don't need that. And this scene is great, but I don't need it. And so um, it felt really good. And it was something I was really afraid about, but I have to say that I did not cry through the whole process. 
<laughs> and I did not eat any chips. Uh, well, there's none in the house, but I, I feel like, and another thing that I noticed was, you know, I written the script a while ago and as I was going through it, um, I noticed that my instincts are different now and I realized, oh, this isn't working and here's why. And this is, this is bogged down. And I, that's, I feel like because I'm getting better at my craft, right? Just even just reading and writing. And so that also felt really empowering, empowering. And, um, but I'm really excited. I'm a little terrified to read it this afternoon because, you know, I'm, there's still work to be done, but, um, I just really committed to it. I had to put a couple of other projects off, which is disappointing, but you know, I only have so many hours in a day, Yeah. (laughs) you know, this morning I had to build a Barbie dream house for my daughter. So, you know, priorities. Um, and then well, the and you had that is, wonderful, exa- you know, experience of getting in the river, right? And yeah, yeah you're tired in the best way. You're tired because yeah. you were in the river. I'm so great. I love it. Yeah, it was really, it was really great. And those experiences don't come that often because so much of the work is creating a pitch material or, you know, talking things out or, you know, creating an outline for someone, but actually being able to be in the script and, and feeling where it goes and sort of trusting myself um, is, is really exciting. It's like, oh, I'm a writer. Here it it's is. Writing. It's happening. Writing. I'm, I'm actually writing instead of working on a pitch or developing a concept. We're not thinking or, about it. We're not talking about it. We're actually writing. Yeah. And so I'm truly exhausted today. <laughs> I think that's so, awesome. Yeah. It was a really good week. Um, I didn't see my family much, I have to say. Uh, and I was eating dinner at like 8.30 after I put my kid to bed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good. So how was your week, Meg? Uh, my week was, I'm still, I did my running, uh, which I bring up as my metaphor for writing. Uh, yeah, when good. You don't want to, but you need to. Um, a lot of self-chatter going on in my head, just like when I write. Um, I like to have an, like a, a, an active coach, like, uh, you know, like we subscribe Mm -hmm. so they're literally saying the opposite chatter there's like very positive chatter coming at me as the internal chatter for why I need to stop running right now because I'm going to die and that the opposite chatter is coming at me about resilience right about see the finish line right what are you committing to and I really thought oh that is it is a lot like writing sometimes in terms of like you can get because you're alone with your own self-chatter of this isn't good enough chatter, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to ask yourself as a writer, where is where where are you supporting that good chatter, right? Where is yeah. the opposite coming towards you? If you can't do it for yourself, then do you have friends who can do it for you? Can we do it for you? We're doing it for you here. There's other chatter to be in your head. I mean, honestly, the best way to help that chatter is to go through the fire like you're going through and like write and and get to the other side and even though you're tired you can look back and see the progress you can look back and see the craft like you said that's coming in I mean that's the best uh opposite of the chatter right because it's actual proof that that chatter is literally just this loop in your head that it's not real but you know sometimes you can't get there because um you haven't come through it yet so until then I I prefer the crazy delusion right (laughs) right like uh, (laughs) Like I, uh, uh, I'm going to get there. Like I have a beacon, like uh, when I'm running, I, they're like, see the finish line. Like, well, what is the finish line for my writing right now? Like if I get lost in, in that chatter and that loop, well, the finish line is I'm going to at least 
I'm going to turn, I'm going to write this, I'm going to finish this pilot and I'm going to give it to so-and-so, right? Right. I give myself right. a date or whatever, no matter how sucky it is, no matter how much of a disclaimer of an email I'm going to put in front of it, that's my finish line. So I think that, you know, it's, it, it, it is the same for me in terms of this horrible running thing that I'm doing. Um, of course, I well, congratulations. Are you, Thank are you. you improving? Like when we talked last week, last Friday, no, are you able that, to run farther? It's like any evolution. It could be a toddler. It could be me running. It could be you writing. There's good days and bad days. So I had a terrible day running on Monday in which I did less than I've done any other day. And it just, I have my, my sister, Karen texts me as soon as I'm done running, I take a picture and I send it to her and I'm all sweaty and red. And she gives me positive yeah. right back. Like you did it. Your body must've needed it again. It's positive chatter coming back at me. So I don't quit. Right. Yeah. And I think it's super important. Um, but today I ran further than I've ever run. So I went back and now I went forward. And, and then I came home and ate a cookie. I did come home and eat a cookie. And I was, supposed to, cookie. I was supposed to sit down and write. And instead I shopped on Nordstrom's. And I don't, I just needed to. I need a pair of pants. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes, you know, I was starting to beat myself up now about why aren't you writing? You should be writing. Well, I, like you, had a very heavy week of writing. And my brain is tired. Like, it's just mm -hmm. tired. And I'm going to go write, the, you know, this afternoon for sure. But I just literally needed to shop on Nordstrom's and think about nothing, right? I don't even know if I hit yeah. send and bought them. But I just put it in my cart because it made me feel better. So, you yes, know, that's a real thing. Yeah. You do just need ridiculous. Cart shopping. Yeah. yeah. You got to cut yourself a break sometimes. So in terms of my projects, yeah. I just want to say real quick, in case it's instructive to anybody, you know, on one project, we're going from weeks of research and just blue sky spitballing, possible scenes, character stuff, possible character relationships, possible structure. And I took all of that, which is literally tons and tons of pages of conversations. And now I put it, what I did this week is put it down into that lump. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like I just tried to put it in order. Right. And as right. I'm putting it in order, I'm like, well, here's a fork in the road. We go that way. And I'm working with the director. So I, I'm literally talking to him like we can go that way or we go this way. So I'm going to write now for today, if we go that way, this is how it could go. If we go that way, here's the pluses, here's the minuses. Let's keep going. What's the next big chunk? Okay. Boom. And just trying to take all these various ideas and put it into some shape. And it is tiring, but in the best way, I, I had a lot of fun. <clears throat> I like having something to work with. I like having the clay in front of me. So I, my brain likes putting in a document, but it also was kind of like, blue sky to reality, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. we have a lot more work to do. Oh, but it's okay because that's the process. We just have to start picking. And I am excited. I get excited by let's pick, right? Let's pick a fork, right? We have to stay on that fork. You can't cheat. And I'll put half of the other fork road in, like we're going mm -hmm. down that road. So I'm excited about that in terms of um, picking a path and getting a new mm -hmm. shape. And then in the other one, the other project with my friend, Jonathan, we went to draft. We got told we could go to draft. So uh, we decided who's writing what. Um, you know, I still made Jonathan get on the phone for hours to talk about who this character is. That remember my, our last podcast? I'm like, this yeah. guy has no agency. I still don't know. Like, I, okay, we picked an archetype, but if I don't know more, he's just going to be an archetype. And that's probably fun, fine for a first draft of this pilot, right? Like, he's just an archetype. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just want to know more. Like, I just want to know. How, how, how long has he been doing this? And what does he think about what he's doing? And what is his expectation 
for himself? And what's his dream for himself? And what does he hate about himself? I just wanted to, and Jonathan was like, you realize we haven't agreed much script. I'm like, I know, I know, but I just need more. So he was very patient with me and we just went through it. And then finally we answered all those questions and, and I was like, okay, I, I still, for my brain, for some reason, I don't need this with any other character in the script. It's funny, but for this character, I need an actor in my head and I need us to have the same actor in my head. And I just decided it's Paul Newman, right? Cause I'm not casting him. I know he's dead. But it doesn't matter because it's Paul Newman to me and who Paul Newman is to me. And now suddenly I was like, okay, because he can be both the things I need. I can see him. I know what he does. And I was like, oh, and uh, Jonathan was like, oh my God, you have to watch this thing because it's the same relationship. Like, holy shit. Like there's the young, Robert Redford is the young kind of out for revenge, imp impulsive, slightly fucking up. And then Robert Newman is kind of the authority, but kind of also not sure he even wants to be in this. And so we watched that last night and I was like, yep, there they are. And it was just brief moments, right? Because the sting is a lot of plot. But I also saw in the sting some great examples of agency, which we talked about last week, right? Because now once it's funny, because once you talk about a topic, right, you start to watch movies and you can start to see right. it, right? So I was like, okay, there's a scene. So I guess I wanted to say agency <coughs> isn't just about setting a goal for your character in act, the end of act one. And now suddenly you can forget about agency. It's literally every scene, like they're in, you have to talk, think about their agency. So for example, Robert Redford goes to leave his shitty apartment and leaves a little piece of white paper in the door. And then later, way later in the movie, he comes back and that paper's on the ground, which means he knows the bad guys are in there. And as he turns to run, out they come out of the door, <laughs> shooting, right? So this is a very reactive scene, right? It is the it is the epitome of reactive, right? You're running away from people trying to shoot you, but he still has agency because he's Robert Redford. And I promise you, Robert Redford as an actor wants agency even as he's running away because it's how fast he can run, how he's leaping, how smart he is because as he gets to the end of a, a train platform, there's nowhere to go. And he literally jumps on the roof of this thing and goes over the roof. So now the guy's below and you're like, He's so smart how he's getting away. His agency now is how he's getting away. Mm. That is so specific to his character because of how far he's leaping, the crazy risks he's taking, all that stuff that for Paul Newman is kind of a problem is really excellent right now to have, right? To be slightly just nuts about what you would jump into. So it was just super fun to see what we talked about suddenly in every scene of this movie in terms of agency. And then the last thing I want to talk about is I'm working on a, project with my husband that we're just doing on the side like on the weekends or <clears throat> at night and we're going to write together <laughs> which is we've never done this before he's a he's a writer and a painter and we're going to write together and I was a little nervous about it I have to be honest mm -hmm. um because you know marriage um but it's been super fun and what I love about it is his brain it's so fun just he's just he just throwing out these ideas that are exciting me and the other day we had this problem with what we were trying to set up and he threw out this idea that was like a little diamond just went clink and I was like oh that is it and all of a sudden this thing that we were working on the side that I wasn't sure about I am so in I suddenly know how to write it and it was, and it was just this thing to fix this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's so fun in writing when you get something that you're like, I'm now as I can write it. I, I'm in, I, I I'm so inspired, right? And I mm -hmm. know we're going to go and then something's going to happen and we're not going to go. But it's, 
you know, you've got, that's why I want you to do the run. That's why I want you to stay in and finish the finish line, because in the run, you're going to find the little diamond and get re-inspired, right? For your own project, right? That, that is mm -hmm. writing. That is writing. So, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds very exciting. Yeah. So very it's good. And How exhausting. Yeah. And I'm a little tired. <laughs> Lorraine, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the um, like document to put scraps of the script yeah. that you're cutting. I think that's a yeah. really good piece of advice. I listened to a podcast with a comic named Pete Holmes. He created an HBO show called Crashing that Judd Apatow produced. So, uh, he brings on a lot of writers, actually, and uh, just had The Office's BJ Novak on, who wrote and produced for that show. And they were laughing. They're like, we have those scrap documents. We always put those cut scenes in there. It's so rare they actually end up coming back into the script, which shows you needed to cut it. But it's so important to yeah. protect those for your character and for yourself. So I think that's really good advice. It's a total psychological thing. I literally yeah. have so many what I call clip documents. But I could like clip document number 5,025. Like I wouldn't even be able to find a scene now. If I, exactly. But it doesn't matter. It's just for my brain. I know it's yeah. over there. I know I can find it. It's you're yeah. fine. You can always go get it. Yeah, totally. It, feel, it feels like a safety net. Even times where I would just delete something and I didn't put it over there, I'd be like, "Oh no, 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 no!" I would go back. I'd undo yeah. the delete and then move it over there because I, it, I mean, it's everywhere. I have versions of the script, thousands of versions of the script that exist. But like, I needed for this process to be able mm -hmm. to like go get it right away if I needed it, you know. So, right. Yeah. Good. It's and I kind of view it as protecting the character too. Like you love this character so much. You don't want to erase this scene from the world. Even if it's in the life that the, the audience won't see, that character can still kind of live it over there, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it still happens. Yeah. Well, do we want to transition yeah. to your guys' favorite part of the show where we read reviews? Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, as do you it. All, as you all know, we're continuing to build our Screenwriting Life community, which we so appreciate. Our Facebook group is now active. So if you're on the Screenwriting Life page, we ask that you would transition to our Screenwriting Life Facebook group. They're slightly different. That's an easier way for us to engage with you and build community over there. So we're super excited about that. And of course, we also have our email, which is the screenwritinglife at gmail.com. Part of the reason we're covering today's topic is from a question that you guys sent to that email. So thank you so much for saying hi over there. We love it. And um, of course, our reviews, Apple Podcast reviews are a huge way that you guys can help grow the show. And it's fun for us to see your writing too. That's another reason I love these reviews is because all of you guys are wonderful writers. I'm going to go back a little bit. This uh, review came at the very beginning of May from Harmony Austin. He or she says, I don't want to assume, uh, this is a lovely dialogue about the work. I really appreciate that this podcast actually focuses on the craft rather than the career, although they do speak on career at some points. There are so many podcasts out there where the hosts boast about how much work they're doing or who they are or who they're known for or what they're known for, but these ladies truly get down to the art. It's so rare to find a podcast that isn't about the hosts, but about the work. And that's what happens here every week. Oh, nice. Aww, thank you, thank Harmony. You. Thank um, you. So if you guys want to hear your uh, writing right on air, shoot us an uh, Apple podcast review. We really appreciate it. And again, we're a missional show. We're, we built this to create a community, foster mentorship, relationships amongst each other. So um, writing a review helps boost our podcast in Apple's store. And um, just, you know, we're on a mission and we want you to be a part of it. So we really appreciate it. And um, thank you for everything that you're doing by listening to The Screenwriting Life. Thank and you, I guys. Have decided, I have decided that I'm going to love listening to the reviews now. Good. Oh, okay. Just like I decided to love exercise. I just made that shift. I just made that decision. So I, I love listening to people talk about me and Meg. <laughs> 
So I'm working on it, but <laughs> I'm making a transition so that it's not dread, but uh, op optimistic caution. Uh, yeah, I have words. I'm good at words. Here, all my words fail me, but I've decided I'm going to love it. Good. Love. Friends. <laughs> love it. <laughs> all, right. all right. Our topic. Our topic. Um, our topic today is actually a question that came from Max R. Um, regarding Hollywood etiquette is how he phrased it. And he wrote, it seems that Hollywood culture is rife with unseen social pitfalls and booby traps. And that is crucially important to be, and that it is crucially important to be able to perfectly thread the needle between being a strong advocate for your work, but not too annoying, be, between being casual and fun, but professional, and between being authentic, but politically astute at the same time, especially when you don't yet have a rep who can shoulder some of that burden. Um, I often feel like I'm in some sort of test or video game whenever I interact with anyone in any position of power in Hollywood where any false step can set my career back and I never really know where I stand. Do you have any advice for navigating the social terrain that is inherent in the life of a screenwriter, especially considering writers are not generally known for being the smoothest kids at school? Likewise, how do you keep your head on straight and not get caught up in the popularity contest of it all? Max, such a good and actually incredibly well-written uh, question. Yes. Go ahead, Laura. Yeah. You st um, <clears throat> I think uh, a lot of Hollywood is about um, forming connections with other people. And so like what you're talking about is you want to be authentic, but not totally 100% honest all the time in a way that you might offend somebody. Um, but the truth is some people are going to like you and some people aren't, and you really don't have any control over that. I want everyone to like me. I'm desperate for that, right? Everyone should like me, but realizing that I'm gonna connect with some people and not connect with other people, and that's okay, I think is a really big first step to sort of um, moving through this. Um, sometimes you're gonna have great meetings where you guys all love the same things and you share ideas and passions, and sometimes it's just gonna feel awkward and you're not gonna click. And, um, and that, that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means you're not connecting with that particular person. Um, I think a big part of it is to do your research before you meet with somebody, um, but not be stalkery about it. Like not bring up, like I had somebody once um, I was meeting with that I Googled you and then listed off all these things about what they found on Google. And I was like, Ugh. like, I know you Don't only do that. See everybody, everybody Googles everybody. Right. You look on IMDb, you look at, you know, you look on studio system, but, um, but don't tell the person you did that <laughs> it's a little stalkery. And, and, you know, I think the, the research is important um, to see what shows they've worked on to see, you know, uh, what they're interested in. And if something organically comes up that you connect to about that person, like you both love picking strawberries out at this one farm like you can casually bring that up in a way so that you can have that in common but but don't say hey I saw that you uh like the strawberry picking farm I think there's a there's a nuance to the way you connect with people that's that you learn as you go I've made so many mistakes you know when I when I first started having meetings like the casual coffee setup like oh there's a friend of mine I'd like you to meet I thought it was an interview like I thought and I didn't realize a general like that is a date right? You're supposed to talk about yourself. You're supposed to talk about the other person. And then maybe the last three minutes are, oh, hey, there's someone I'd like you to meet, or I'd love to read you or something like that. But so I went full in, like it was an interview. I did this for a while. It was real embarrassing to think about. Um, but I didn't, 
I mean, maybe those people harbored weird, awkward feelings about me. I don't know. I mean, I did what I did. I was making mistakes. I was learning as I was going. Um, but um, I think it's about um, being authentic. Another big thing I do that I struggle with is controlling my face in a meeting. Uh, because um, like, so say you're in a meeting with somebody or in a pitch or anything, and somebody brings up a show that you hate, like you hate this show, but you don't know if that person made it, if their boss made it, if their husband made it, if their kids made it, like you don't know what their connection to the show is. So it's up to you to come up with something sort of neutral and complimentary about it. Like, oh, I thought season two was really interesting or, you know, something non-committal if you hated it, right? Um, but I struggle with controlling my face and I'll do like, Ooh. like I'll make real grossy grimaces. Uh, and that's what you should not do, right? Because I'm telegraphing everything I feel and think and I don't even know it. And um, so working on composure is important, I think. Um, it's important to be honest and tell the truth, but you know, be delicate, right? Yeah, because they want to yeah. know who you are as an artist. So, you know, you're always going to get asked, what are you watching? What shows do you love? You know, because that's not like a trick. They just really want to know who you are and do, do you guys like the same thing? Um, so have that ready, right? And always have two or three pitches ready to go in case they ask. But um, yeah. So and be honest, be honest about that. Right. Yeah, you want to be honest about what you really love. You don't want to sort of cater it to what you think they might want you to say. No, that because... you're just going to get in trouble. Yeah, the because then you won't be able, they'll be like, great, what do you love about it? And you're like, um, <laughs> right? Know. Yeah, so yeah you be, honest. be honest. Yeah, you got to be authentic. Um, you know, in terms of your question of do they like me? I mean, I, I, you know, everybody has that question in their head. You're not alone there. Um, and it can be tricky. I have found, though, that the problem with going into a meeting wondering that is already the center of yourself is outside of yourself. Already <clears> the center <throat> is in them. Already you've handed them all of your power because mm -hmm. now they get to be a judge versus do you like them? Because right. this is also about you and where you're putting your life energy and where you're giving your creative life to. And you might end up spending hours and hours of your life with this person. So do you like them? So it's really, you know, trying to keep your center in yourself and what your intention is of why you're there, what you need out of this. Be, being curious about them, being curious about what's going to happen is going to help you open up and lean in and get away from the anxiety and that little loop that we, I was talking about earlier, like mm -hmm. to try to, and that any, and they may not, you, there may not be a click and guess what? It's not a click. That's great mm -hmm. information. This is not a relationship partnership. That's going to work well with who you are and who they are. It's not an edict. It's not like, Oh, now you're less than or lower than, or, you know, not in the game or whatever. You just don't, click together right like that's half of what you do in Hollywood is looking for your people right yep. like you like the same kind of projects and by the way there's certain projects I like but I can't write them and that's a whole other thing that your career you have to figure out of what do you like versus what you write well right yeah so it's it's just trying to get in there and keep the center as much as you can in your inside of yourself and the another way to do that is really focus on the on the work right? Focus on the creative, focus on shows that you really do love and why you love them, right? And focus on your stories and why you love them. And if they don't like it or get it, information, that's it. Like, so if I can focus on what we're talking about, like they say they loved, I don't know, uh, the, the great. And I'm like, let's talk about the great. Oh my God, let's talk about it, right? 
because I really want to talk about it. Stuff that I love, stuff that I wasn't sure about, right? And let's get into the character. And now suddenly you're having this great creative conversation versus wondering, mm-hmm. you know, do they like my shoes? Which I right. have to say, when I was a pro- <laughs> when I taught at UCLA in the producing program, now this was for producers. So I don't know if it applies to writers as much, but I told them that my one piece of advice was have great shoes. Because especially for women, everybody looks at your shoes. And I think why they're looking at your shoes is because it's an indicator of, are you current, right? Are, because everybody has different styles. Like you should not worry about what you're wearing in terms of you're wearing yourself and your style, right? I like big rings and big jewelry and that's just my style, right? Doesn't mean you should be, other writers need to do that. I have a certain style. You should have a certain style. Right. If you don't think about it, what is your style? But I always made the, you know, the the crazy uh, advice of, you know, shoes are important. I do think they're important. Um, but that's, you know, just a side goofy thing. Um, you know, so it's 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 really uh, like I also know what you're not good at and just give your like I am terrible at small talk. I just there are, so Hollywood is made up of people who really do small talk <laughs> really so well. hard. I like literally they 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 have like zingers and quick quips and it's usually about insulting each other especially if it's two men like I can't tell you how many conversations this is how they inter this is how they say hello to each other insult 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 ha 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 well let's talk and I'm like what's happening why is everybody insulting each other like, <laughs> I I don't get it at all I've never gotten it as a kid my father used to tease me about it because I took it all so seriously like I don't do it well. So I just know that I don't do it well. I let them do it. And I'll I'll talk about my family or my day, but not to make anybody laugh or seem super smart or whatever. It's a skill. It's a high skill. I do not, I'm not trying to say that people who do that are, it's a a huge skill. I just know that I don't do it. I don't do small talk well. I want to get in there. I want to talk about it, right? And some of those people do not, (laughs) which is fine, right? So kind of know what you do well and what you don't do well, and you can work on certain things and not work on it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really important to to be who you are. And in terms of, um, you know, there are power plays that are going to go on in rooms. There are. Um, The most important thing you can do is just try to stay alert to it what the choice is. Did you make a mistake? Did you not? Who the hell knows, right? On the day. we. But just to try to be alert to watching the power plays move around the room. And the more you do it, the more you'll get used to it. And, and I don't know if you'll get comfortable with it, but it's more about, oh, uh, that person just threw me under the bus right there, right there. I'm under the bus. Can I get out of the bus in this meeting or do I have to get out of the bus later? Is there any way to get out from underneath this bus? Like, maybe not, but now I'm realizing I'm not listening anymore to what's happening at the conversation. Oh my gosh, it's still moving. It's still going, you know? So um, it, it does those kind of rooms that happens and it's not about Hollywood as much as human beings, right? You get that many yeah. people in a room in politics, stuff happens. Survival instinct comes up in people, <laughs> whatever. So um, right. you, you, you just try at the, this point to just start being aware of it. And that awareness will bring craft and skill of when to talk, when not to talk. Again, it's about having agency, but not necessarily reacting, right? If you're the character of your own movie, you don't want to necessarily, like Lauren was talking about the look on her face. You don't necessarily want to react, right? As much as take a breath, give it a beat, 
and have agency. What is the choice you're going to make right now about that, right? And it might be a direct attack. Has happened, right? Um, usually it's not. Usually it's pretty passive aggressive, I have to be honest. Um, <laughs> and you're like, is that an attack? I think it might be. Um, that's always why it's good to have a writing partner because you can leave the room and be like, did that just happen? I think that just happened. Right. I think that just happened. Right. Um, again, sometimes you get so emotional about it that you have to actually just take some space and not respond just to say, I'll think about it if there's a question so that you can really be like, did that happen? Is that some past thing that I'm bringing into this current situation that has nothing to do with what's going on right now? It just triggered something, right? And you need to just call your friend if you don't have a, a, a manager and agent to talk through about it. I, but that's what I use. I, I, I use my manager for a lot of things. Yeah. He's super smart, but I use a lot of this. Like, you know what? This is happening and that's happening. And what does that mean? And he'll be like, oh, in TV, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's like, oh, that's just the system. That's not personal. Right. Like, for example, coming from features, I'm used to being able to write longer. Right. To have the script longer. But TV moves very fast. So I can't tell. Is this a a good deadline is this like a, so um that's just experience and just there's no one um way to handle all these different situations other than try to stay <laughs> try to keep in your body like don't yeah. dissociate up into the clouds or react right like keep reading feel your feet if you're ever in a meeting and you're like this i'm starting to leave i i'm having some sort of reaction like just feel your feet. It'll help you stay in the meeting and you don't have to respond. You don't have to, right? You actually can be, take a breath and think about it. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what else do you think, Lauren, in terms of that kind of stuff, in terms of navigating that social terrain or the politics? Well, I think, I think there's a big piece to the um, not understanding when you get a real invitation to continue a meeting or an email exchange, right? This is something I also had to learn, right? Um, if someone offers to read you or if somebody says, hit me up in a month, take them seriously on that, but do not follow up on it, right? Like um, if you send someone your script to read and they don't, you don't hear back from them, I would suggest not emailing them, hey, did you get my script or when do you think you'll read it? Um, I had somebody, I said I'd read their script. I ended up not having time. I had to email them back and say, I actually don't have time to do this right now and give you notes. And they sent a, a really mean email back Ooh. to me. And I was like, well, that's how you, uh, that was a pitfall that person fell into. Like, I don't want to work with that person. I don't want to engage with that person. Like, I get that that person was upset and disappointed, but that's a reaction you know, that was, instead of a response. It was an emotional reaction instead of, hey, I totally get it. Let me know if you have any free time in, in you know, the coming months, right? Like you want to keep those channels open instead of responding emotionally. Um, I also think, um, I think it's, you never know why someone's not getting back to you. Right. Um, we fill in the story of, oh my God, they hate me. I'm crap. You know, all this stuff. But, you know, I just had a producer reached out to me a couple weeks ago, responding to an email exchange we'd had in September saying, oh, hey, things got crazy. Is this still something you want to work on? You know, so you never know. It could be they got busy, someone got sick, they changed companies. People in Hollywood move around all the time, right? Execs go from one studio to the other. So you never really know what's going on in everybody's lives. And um, yeah, so I think just being aware of um, being gentle and curious and kind and and uh not pressuring people to because 
like I'm, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm a writer, but I do read people. I do give notes. Um, but I also like, I don't have a lot of time. So what I don't want is somebody like making me feel guilty for not getting to it. <laughs> you know, I'll do my best yeah. to do it, but yeah, you, you know, that's, so you're asking people to give their life uh, energy and time to you instead of their own work or their kids or whatever. And, you know, yeah. I also say in terms of where do you stand, um, if you've had a meeting and you're not sure, um, it does help to have reps for sure, because they can call, they can check it out for right. you. But even then, sometimes you don't know, like you just don't know, yep. because what what that exec says back could be total bullshit to the agent, right? right. Like, oh, they loved you. They love you. I, they can't wait I, to meet with you yeah. again. I used to work at an agency Never as an assistant. That was my grad school. And I watched for a year. People walk out of the office, the door closed, and the real conversation would happen. Yeah. Right? So I know those conversations. It's slightly bad that I know it because it, it's good fodder for the, you know, you're not good enough beast, right? But the truth is that, okay, they've decided something here. And then two days later, something else happens. And then that conversation never happened. And they all decide something else. Like, yeah, it's always moving. And as a writer of all the disciplines out here in Hollywood, I think writing is one of the ones that has the most agency. Because let's say you wrote a script or you fucked up in a meeting or whatever, and the door closed and they were like, that person out, whatever. Um, write something. Like write something amazing and they and someone wants to work with you. It'll change. Yeah. They won't remember yes. that you had that terrible meeting. Yes. I literally had one of the worst phone calls of my career with somebody. <laughs> but literally, I it was devastating in terms of this person was so awful in terms of me and talking to me and how he talked to me. And five years later, he is knocking on the door, trying to, you know, and I had this whole thing, am I gonna be with this person? Like, well, first of all. I will work with him, someone at his company, not with him, because I know what's mm -hmm. underneath there, right? Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's moving all the time. There's no solid. It's not like you're Han Solo and you're going to get like stuck in the metal wall, right? Like because of a bad meeting, right? It feels that I hope way. We get, I hope we get an email telling us what that wall thing is called from a Please Star Wars fan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Carbonite. It's carbonite. It's Jabba the Hut, something or other. I do Isn't know it that. Carbonite. Oh my God. Ryan. I just Ryan think it's a fluid. Would say it's carbonite. Okay, Ryan it's is carbonite. saying it's carbonite. Okay. okay, it's a fluid Whoa. thing. You're not in carbonite. You're a writer. You're a writer. And yes, it's hard that maybe this script got you into carbonite or whatever the meeting, whatever. Okay, learn from it. The only reason it's wasted is if you don't learn from it. Did you say something wrong or whatever? And if you don't know, oh well, you don't know write something else because maybe that person's just an asshole like who knows like if you yeah you just have to write and go back to the craft go back to the story yeah. um and everybody's doing it what i want to say to you um max is it's not just you it's not just because of where you are in the business everybody's doing it i'll never forget Jonathan Demi, I was working at ICM as an assistant, and Jonathan Demi, who has won an, a freaking Academy Award for Silence of the Lambs, okay, cannot get his passion project made. People are saying the same shit when he walks out and closes the door. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you guys. It's it's about that is it's it's a moving game that's going and falling a pitfall. Guess what? It's game. Work yourself out of the pitfall and just yeah. keep going. Don't get too bogged down in it. I think what you said is really important. Like you could have a bad meeting, but two hours later, something changes in the industry and all of a sudden they want what you have. Like 
it's so hard to know what's going behind the scenes. And so it's not worth the energy to beat yourself up about it because you have no idea what's really going on. And you probably never will. Like there are, there are pieces and it's so mysterious, right? I'll like the whole, the game of it or the politics of it is, uh, is mystifying to me. So all I do is I try to be the best version of myself and put the work in and some people won't like me and I'll accidentally piss someone off. You know, I, and you know, I can't control that. And ultimately people in Hollywood can smell it if you've given them your power. They mm -hmm. can, they can tuit it, right? And the truth is as much as they want malleable, blah, 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 they also want artists and they want somebody who's passionate and who is original, right? That doesn't mean you're a dick. Doesn't mean you don't have to, you know, but it means like, uh, this is who I am, right? Are we clicking? This is who I am. So that's what you have to work on. That's where you actually have agency in your life is to work on yourself, your voice, your writing, right? Who you are, right? And that passion of that. The rest of it in terms of the games and stuff, I understand you're gonna be in it. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be days you're gonna feel like you got hit by a bus and there's other days you're gonna be flying high and there's other days you don't even know what's going on. But you know what? Oh, well, you don't have any agency right. to stop that game, to know what that game is. And someday you will get a manager or somebody who can help you make some chess moves for sure, right? You, that, I'm not saying that that's not valuable. It's incredibly valuable, right? That's why we need them because you are, they're all helping with chess moves. But the yeah. other way you can get is other, other writers that you know and what chess moves they're making. You can learn from that, right? But right now, before you get the manager, the most important thing is the work. The work is the most important thing. I have Definitely. a couple quick questions, if that's all right. Yeah. Lauren, you had mentioned like, don't follow up if someone asks to read you and you send work and they don't get back. I've heard that after like three months, it's okay to send a little gentle follow-up email. Do you disagree with that? I mean, I don't know what the rules are. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't because, well, probably because I'm afraid of being rejected. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, just, I, I had to think about that for a minute. I had, to, and I think, so, I mean, my advice is, is for me. Yeah. Oh, did Meg just go away? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, there she is. You're back. Yeah. It's yeah. just telling you my battery's going. Sorry. Keep oh. going. I mean, I, I think it's a case by case. I think mm -hmm. that like everything, there's nothing you, you can say like a blanket truth about anything. What's your relationship with that person? Is it casual? How did you meet that person? Is there someone that you know that's connected to that person that you could be like, hey, I sent my script to this person a couple months ago. And they'll be like, oh, don't contact that person. Mm. She's in the middle of a shit storm. Or you know what? I know she's really busy. She mentioned she really wanted to get to your script. She hasn't yet, you know, go ahead. Like I there do, are different I, ways. Yeah, and it yeah. depends on the person. I do like to be reminded because I have so much going on. And I find if I don't put a date on the calendar of we're gonna get together and talk about your script on this date at this time, it just, there is too much going on. It just keeps falling to the bottom. So I personally do like somebody to touch back, gently touch back in. Hey, did you have a chance, right? To read it. And then I'll be like, no. Now, I also know that people in Hollywood say no by not responding, mm -hmm. right? They yeah. don't want to talk about your script. They read four pages of it. They're not interested. So at some point, I would say after two nudges, right? Um, and this is maybe of a stranger, somebody that you don't know well, or you don't have that in. After two nudges, it's a pass. Yeah. They're not going to get back to you. That is Hollywood. I hate it. I hate that this is the way that people pass now. I think it's disrespectful. I guess I sound like your grandmother, but I'm sorry. I do not like it. <laughs> I don't like it. But, uh, you know, have some balls and call a person, right? right? But people, nobody wants to pass in case later 
that script is like amazing and they get a ding that they, that they get, you know, whatever people are, you know, it's very much about themselves. So I do think that you can ask um, maybe twice and then, then take it as a pass. Mm -hmm. And then one other super quick, we got to wrap it for really young emerging writers. Uh, a huge mistake I make, I see writers make is they don't build a community. They just write in a silo. Um, so find other writers. Obviously with this show, we have a huge community of other young writers. You all will help each other find producers, find people, find work, find actors. That's a huge way. I think young writers make that it's, mistake And it's not just for your career, it's for your spirit, it's for your craft, yep. it's for every element of you. You need that community. And Lauren and I are all about building community. It's why we're changing the Facebook page because we really wanna be able to talk to you directly and have mm -hmm. you guys talk to each other and that we can jump in when we have a time and that it's more of a group yeah. that we're part of your community. It's not like, oh, we're, be our fans. No, 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 right. we're writers too. <laughs> we're out here working hard. We're trying to do it. So everybody can, we're all just a community of writers. So we are trying to start it for you guys on Facebook, but feel free to reach out to each other and find like minds and talk about what stuff you like what you like to write, what kind of writer you are, to find other people, right? Yeah. To, for your tribe. And then super yeah. quickly, the last thing I'll say is, I'm so glad you mentioned like the general versus the pitch, Lorian. I think before you enter a meeting, know what the meeting is. Um, a huge mistake, sometimes people reach out to me because I'm a podcast producer for a general. And you know, I think they're looking to potentially glean information or learn from me, but they come and they only talk about themselves which mm -hmm. is kind of a little bit of a waste of both of our time, right? Because it's good for me to know a little bit about who you are, but if you're setting this meeting to learn, a big mistake a lot of young people make is they think that they're trying to sell themselves, whereas maybe this is just a meeting for you to acquire information. Especially yeah, that's if it's what mentor, I did. So. I, treated, I treated them like interviews. Like, here's all about me and yeah. everything I'm looking for. And it was like, no, stop. Yeah, doing. and that's interesting, but it's not necessarily going to help you. So I think like, yeah like learn from that person and then you can suss out what they're actually looking for, you know? And then, then when there's the five minutes at the end, that's your chance to be like, well, hey, if I can help you, if I can provide value, figure out how you specifically can provide value to mentors that you're meeting with rather than trying to sell yourself. I think that's a really great way to open doors. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's a great way to wrap up our show. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, Brian said. <laughs> so we are. Brian keeps and, telling uh, Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you guys come back next week. Um, and you can hear at Popcorn or you can do our podcast. Right? Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.